Welcome back to another Be Dangerous podcast. We are so excited to, um, to for this week's topic. It's um, bringing light into darkness. Yeah, and like all throughout Scripture, we see that God works for people. Um, I think about like David at Ziklag, you know, mm-hmm. um, when he was completely destroyed and he was just at his breaking point. Yeah. But he found his strength in God right. and he took hold of his opportunity yeah. and he was dangerous and went yeah. back and, you know, took back all that had been lost. Yeah. I um, find are you good? I find it fascinating that and David did this multiple times, but at that point, what was a time of disaster, what was an absolute breakdown, mm-hmm. um, he turned that into an opportunity for victory. Right. Yeah. And even though he was faced with chaos, he was faced with destruction, he chose to respond to that in a way that would completely rectify what the enemy had done. And that's really the attitude with which we need to face life because life is dangerous. The reason we need to be dangerous is quite simple. Life is dangerous. Right. And it's going to hit you hard, especially as a young guy when you're getting up and coming into adulthood and facing life. Five taking gas prices. <laughs> right. Taking on the terrible responsibility of life, as Jordan, Dr. Jordan Peterson would say. And you're going to, there's going to be things in your life that are going to hit you hard. Yeah. Chaos yeah. is going to strike life in some way. Some ways minor, some ways uh, greater. Mm-hmm. And, Chris um, Rock is testament of that. Not wrong. <laughs> not wrong at all. But... We need to be able to, when darkness arises, we need to be able to face it and conquer it and not let it decide how we're going to live our lives. Yeah. And last time we talked about the whole concept of the Logos, the underlying fabric of the universe that is the Word of God embodied in the person of Christ and how that is a is an element of the sovereignty of God, us having free will, that's a reflection of that, I believe. And our free will is the first thing that's given to us to steward to uh, take dominion of, Mm -hmm. and we need to be dangerous to our own apathy in order to be dangerous to the enemy. Like Dr. Jordan Peterson would say, uh, set your own house in perfect order before you try to rearrange the world. But coming from that place, we look at Genesis 1. um, The earth is in a state of... it's The the term that the Hebrew Bible uses is tohu vabohu, unformed and unfilled. Mm -hmm. State of chaos, the unformed, the unfilled, the unknown, the the deep, the, the abyss. It's... And what God does is he brings light and order and clarity and vision into that. And um, that's a very powerful account that's at the very core, the, the inception of our entire religion and our entire worldview. And that term tohu vabohu, signifying this uh, state of chaos, is used in two senses in the Bible. The one at first is at creation when God's describing the condition of the world. The second is in Jeremiah when he's describing a condition of judgment. And these two uh, usages really show the different kinds of chaos we're going to face in our life. Um, take for instance, a visual aid here, two pieces of paper. And one of them, it's completely empty. This piece of paper is to- biblically tohu vabohu. It is unformed. It is unfilled. It is a blank slate. And we... This is one of the forms of chaos we guys are going to face. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, all, all of us are just coming out of our teen years. This is your future. It's unwritten. It is unmade yet. And we're coming out of a place, especially us homeschoolers, where, you know, our parents have been making rules for us. And most decisions in our lives have been made for us, whether it's by parents or teachers or leaders of some kind. And now we're the ones that have to make the decision. Yep. And that is one form of chaos in your life that you need to step out into and conquer. 
Um, this piece of paper is also tohu vabohu. This piece of paper is also chaos. This is the second kind of chaos you're going to find in your life. Um, tragedy, disaster, heartbreak, ruin, mm -hmm. COVID hits, the economy shuts down, a war strikes, a family member dies, um, you break up with someone, a disease, a sickness, um, a car accident, a financial disaster. This is also going to hit you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, our, the, the Bible begins, Christianity begins, our worldview begins, and you can really say not only the world begins, but Western philosophy begins with the, the whole concept of God stepping out into this state of chaos and bringing light and order into it. What's the next thing God does? God makes man. Well, a little bit while later, six days later, God makes man. And he says, I give you dominion over the earth. Now you step out and you take dominion over this. You subdue this. You bring order into this unformed world. And at that point, the earth was this. It was not destroyed yet, but it was just a blank slate. You bring order into this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Of course, man meets the dragon and man fails. And yeah. so... 4,000 years later, God sent his son Jesus in the form of a man, the last Adam, to overcome what Adam failed to overcome, go down into hell, rescue his bride, face the dragon, right, mm -hmm. and bring that back. Yeah. Um, and according to the Bible, now God, through the, through the gospel, is recreating us into that image, the image, the express image of God, which is what man was originally created to be. Um, and this translates to discipleship. We see this in 2 Peter. This is kind of going to be our theme passage for the rest of this podcast, 2 Peter 1. Mm -hmm. And Peter, of course, is writing this. And you can think of Peter. He's the one who stepped out into the water, stepped out into his own chaos. The, the, he was the one who stepped out into the waters, literally, yeah. to walk to Jesus. And that mm -hmm. is a very powerful, it's, of course, literal, but powerfully symbolic there. Because that's what discipleship is. Mm -hmm. God now calls us as disciples to step out into the unknown to follow him. Yeah. Um, and take him in, in, in that sense. Um, but Peter is writing this, and he says that, you know, God's given us all things according to life and godliness, according to the knowledge of whom is called you to glory and virtue. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, we become partakers of the divine nature. We now have his nature back, recreated in the image of God. We've escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And then he says, besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, knowledge, temperance, godliness, patience, uh, by the way, kindness and charity. I think I got who this mixed up. We'll go over it later. Um, and he says, if these things are in you, you will never grow unfruitful. You will never stumble. And angels will be admitted, open to you into the kingdom of God. Yeah. If you lack these things, you're blind. You cannot see if you've forgotten, even cleanse your old sins. Mm -hmm. You think of Peter talking about not falling, and he's remembering him stumbling and falling on the waters when he walked to Jesus. Um, and we're going to break down each of those in the following podcast. Yeah. But the first thing he says is, you know, as, and this is important for us to understand in our Christian world because we are very firmly ingrained especially in the evangelical world of the doctrine of salvation by grace through faith, not of works. Yeah. And Peter affirms that, but then he says, besides this, now that you've got the foundation laid, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. That word add is the Greek word epikoregio. It's a fancy word. It has the connotation of an orchestra conductor. Um, you know, bringing into alignment all these different instruments and arranging them and making something beautiful out of them. And that's what we do with life. But the word epikoregio in its literal sense means to furnish at one's own expense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Peter is saying, yes, you've been saved by grace through faith, not of your own works. But now that's that, that's settled, that foundation is laid, beside this giving all diligence, furnish at your own expense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all these things. Yeah. God's given you all things according to life and godliness. It's yours to take dominion over it, take ownership over it. And that word epikoregio is the essence of what uh, Leif Babin and Jocko Willink would call extreme ownership. Yeah. Um, and that's the mindset we have to have. We talked about that last time, that 
you're responsible for your life, you're responsible for your mindset. And what you will find is once you develop that mindset of personal responsibility, you will then translate that into the world around you. And you'll be equipped to bring light into darkness. That's going to involve stepping out of your comfort zone, Mm -hmm. but that is the... That is the very essence of being dangerous, of looking at the chaos, understanding that us as men, and especially as followers of Christ, because this is the very essence of what Christ did in literally stepping out of heaven and going into hell and facing the dragon for us. This is the very essence of following Christ is the understanding that for us as Christian men, when we see darkness and evil and chaos before us, it is our duty, it is our place it is almost an invitation for us to step into that and bring light and order and and godliness and hope. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, I I, uh, I think the, the big part of of being taking ownership, mm-hmm. of course, is is being a man. You know that sounds yeah. you know <laughs> sounds ridiculous, but and, and I think the biggest part of being a man is simply growing up. And you know the, none of this is profound, but it's truth, right? I, yeah. And we see so many times throughout the Bible where God um, calls men to grow up. And the biggest part, I think, of growing up is leaving the word comfortable out of your vocabulary. Entirely. I've adopted that when I'm working out, you know, the harder, the more uncomfortable you are, the more, the bigger your muscles can get, the the better the results are. And... um, as I read throughout the Bible, I see so many times of how God calls men out of their comfortable position. Mm-hmm. And then once they get out of that comfortable position, then God's able to use them yes. in ways they never imagined. Yeah. And I love a, a quote by Dennis Prager. We cannot grow up unless we leave what is most comfortable and venture into the world. Yeah. And um, in Genesis 12, uh, we see where God calls Abraham out of his comfortable position. He tells Abraham to leave his native land. And then, once he leaves his native land, then he will bless him Mm -hmm. and make his name great. And what God is doing here is he's calling Abraham out of comfortability and into manhood. And that's exactly what God does with us. He calls Mm -hmm. us out of our comfortable positions and into manhood. And... I think when you look at Jesus, he is the biggest influence on what it means to be a man. And every command of his is it's makes you uncomfortable. And he was the the ultimate um, example of what it meant to live a uh, a life of growth and a life mm-hmm. of constantly walking in uncomfortable states so that you can. Um, get to, to the point that you want to be. Yeah. And it talks about in Luke 9.23, Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, yeah. take up his cross, and follow me daily. Yeah. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But yeah. whoever lo- loses his life for my sake, this one will save it. And you think, oh, okay. Jesus here was trying to, to, to call them to him. He was mm-hmm. saying, follow me. This isn't the message you say to, to people if you want to follow, them to follow you. Mm-hmm. You're saying you're going to lose your life. Yeah. It's like, okay, buddy. Like, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But I think as, as men, that's what God put inside us. He was calling yeah. that man out of them. He was saying, it's going to cost your life. Yeah. But there's something inside of them that, that didn't scare them. They mm-hmm. seen that he was a, a man who could do miracles. Mm-hmm. And they seen that he was a strong man. And they're like, I want to be like that. 
mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so I think really like he was, he was calling that man out of, out of them. And that's what made the cost of discipleship attractive. Yeah, it yeah. costed everything, but man, you know, let's do it. And I think that, um, men are all naturally attracted to war and killing and hunting and venture, etc. But, um, if we live a sold-out radical life like the disciples, every man's craving for adventure, I believe, would be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, don't you don't you agree? And yeah. um, I, I think Jesus really empowered them as men. He empowered them to live sold out. You know, yeah. leave nothing back. Don't you're not even able to bury your your dead. Like, yeah. you, you live sold out, and he 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 caused them to be driven and empower men and simply put he caused them to be strong men yeah mm-hmm. and that's why they're able to go out and reach the thousands that's the reason christianity is this huge movement that's right. still lasting to today right yeah and remember um in context of that i believe it was andrew jackson who said i was born for the storm and the calm does not suit me <laughs> um living a life sold out for christ even if it costs you your life shouldn't scare you uh, holding on to a life that is worthless should. Yeah. Um, I remember Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his Gosh. book, aptly named book, Cost of Discipleship, he's talking about the call of discipleship, and he's illustrating the concept of Peter stepping out on the water and using that to make his point. And he says when you know the Lord calls a disciple to follow him, he's calling him out of everything he knows, to leave behind his entire world, to step out into a world that's completely new and unpredictable. You're leaving behind your entire comfort zone, everything that is your source of stability, and familiarity and security and you're stepping out into something that is completely unknown unpredictable and um you don't know what you're doing you're following god for crying Mm -hmm. out loud um but he makes the point that from god's perspective this entire world is temporal and frail and honestly when you look at history we know that we know this life is frail we know that everything here is shadows and dust we know everything here is is fallible so when the Lord's call, and the Lord is the only source of stability, he is the self-existent one, he is true stability, and following him, even though it costs you your life, that is what will, you know, pursuing, you know, God is the the apex of goodness, mm-hmm. the, 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 the greatest good that could ever exist, and when you live your life pursuing that, you're going to leave a legacy and make an impact and live a life of meaning that's far more worth than anything else, mm-hmm. and... From that perspective, you can see when God calls you from a place of stability and comfort, and Bonhoeffer makes this point out into one of you know pursuing Him in the unknown. In reality, He's calling you to leave something that's temporal, frail, and doomed to to crumble into something that's eternal and lasting. So it actually He actually flips the script because when the Lord calls you out to leave your life behind and follow Him, He's calling you to leave something you know is going to fail anyway. Mm-hmm. And so. I'm reminded of what Marcus Aurelius said. God remembers that we are but shadows and dust. Therefore, the things we do in this life will echo in eternity. Um, you got to have your paradigm of stability flipped in order to really understand discipleship. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and to... Um, I guess we see in culture nowadays where, you know, nobody has really stepped up, you know, back in the, the 70s and 80s as men. Mm-hmm. And then we see what takes that place you yeah. know uh, we can choose whether we step up in society yeah. we take hold of our opportunity yeah but we can't choose you know what what s- steps in when we don't you yeah. know right brings me to the question you know why was david empowered to kill goliath yeah because killing things that was seen were seemingly impossible 
had become a part of who he was. Yeah. He killed a bear in a line with his bare hands, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Doing, doing things that were seemingly impossible was who he was. Yeah. And so when there's this giant that's that's at this, this line, he's like, you're just going to sit here? Like, we have the power of God on our side, yeah. and you're just going to sit here and tremble in fear? Like, who? what are you doing? And yeah. do, do you not know the God that I serve, the God yeah. that can literally, he created that being? Of yeah. course... Of course we can fight him. And that's what we need as men in a culture where we are used to slaying giants. Mm -hmm. We are used to standing up against tyranny. We are used to standing up against the evils of this world. It's just a a part of our nature. It's just a part of our DNA. And that's exactly how David was. Mm -hmm. He wasn't wasn't afraid of Goliath. What man can stand against my God, you know? And that's how we need to come at life. Just in that mindset. To quote from Dr. Peterson again, opportunity can be found where responsibility has been abdicated. And that's true for both sides. Um, Chaos is a void. The earth was formless and void and God Mm -hmm. brought light into it. That's what we're supposed to do in life um, as men, as image bearers of God. But where where there is chaos, where there's that giant, that dragon, whatever that that looks like in Mm -hmm. your life, um, be it the blank page or the destroyed page. Yeah. you have there is that is your opportunity mm-hmm. David saw Goliath as an opportunity that was his responsibility to, to defeat that yep. um, now bear in mind if you aren't the one that steps into that void to fill it something else will mm-hmm. now if you choose to step into that void you might not be perfect say for instance let's take a simple example local politics you don't like what's happening in the nation and so there's there's room for everyone to get involved in this nation that's how this nation set up uh, you are wondering whether or not to get involved somewhere, whether that's a school board, local office of some kind, or even just some kind of, being some kind of voice. Uh, you may not be perfect, you may not be, think you're well equipped or whatever, but the thing is, if you choose to step back and do nothing, um, regardless of what your situation is, and politics is only one example, it could be anything, you've just given up the only vote you have and what happens in that void. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you step into that, you're you with all your imperfections and faults and struggles, but you're at least deciding what's happening in that void to whatever extent you can. If you step back and choose not to get in, something's going to feel like it. Could, it might be good. It might be bad. Mm-hmm. You don't know. The only thing you know is you've abdicated your vote. You've yeah. relinquished your voice and ability to have a say in what happens in that. Mm-hmm. And we've seen times in history where, like say in that one example, Saul relinquished his responsibility as the king being head and shoulders taller than everyone else in the army. Uh, to fight Goliath, guess what? Someone else will get David. And that little shepherd boy who was Saul's armor bearer ended up taking his throne at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Other times, kings and great men have abdicated authority and the bad thing has crept in and destroyed the nation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, chaos is a vacuum that we we as men are called to fill. That's one of the most primary calls of being a man. And that's really what it means to be dangerous, to be someone who is going to face life and bring light and darkness, bring order into chaos, to wrestle the dragon, fight it and defeat it like Jesus did, mm-hmm. and to follow our master and our king in that sense, yeah. Yeah. in that lifestyle, in that whole ethos and mindset. Mm-hmm. And um, as we go into the next seven uh, topics, as Peter listed out for us in this podcast, it can be the whole mindset can be best summed up in what... Paul said, I think it's 2 Timothy 1, 7. I could have the reference wrong. I usually do. Uh, God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have his power. We have his love. Those are character attributes we're developing. And self-discipline, we're being 
dangerous her own apathy for taking on the world. Um, and even though the opportunity for fear exists, we're choosing not to take it. Mm-hmm. You know, decisiveness, uh, action, discipline, bringing light into darkness. None of these things exist in the absence of darkness. Mm-hmm. Decisiveness doesn't exist in the absence of worry or mm-hmm. concern or fear. It exists in spite of them. Yeah. And so that's really the whole idea of... Yeah. Not only this podcast, but that's one of the most... That's the idea that underpins Western civilization. Yeah. And the world. For sure. Yeah. I, uh, just to kind of sum up what you said, I think a, a really like, strict point is, why was Goliath killed? Because David stepped up, right? Yeah. We need men who step up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we're doing this. Because we're like, we want to be the change. We're not gonna, yeah. just going to sit back and let yeah. men be kicked in the butt. Yeah. And let masculinity just go down the drain. And let's just have a weak culture and yeah. a weak world, you know. We're going to be the difference makers. Yes. And we've all pledged that, you know. Yeah. As Christians, as men, we are going to stand up. And I challenge you, whoever's yeah. watching this right now, I challenge you to step out. Yeah. Stop sitting in your sofa. Stop, stop crying about what's going on. It's not getting this state of this world anywhere. But yeah. you can be the difference maker. Yeah. We are going to be difference makers yes. in this world. We are going to change this world. We need people like you to step up. Yeah. Step out and be dangerous. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah. yeah.